0: Well I'm going to read the Bible for us today, we have two readings, first one comes from Proverbs chapter 12 verse 13 to 23, it's on page 639 in the church Bible so I'll give you a few moments to find that, that's page 639, it's Proverbs 12 starting at verse 13. Evildoers are trapped by their sinful talk, and so the innocent escape trouble. From the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things, and the work of their hands brings them reward. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. An honest witness tells the truth, but a false witness tells lies. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil. But those who promote peace have joy. No harm overtakes the righteous, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. The prudent keep their knowledge to themselves, but a fool's heart blurts out folly. Our second reading comes from John 1, starting at verse 1, and that can be found on page 1062 in your Bibles. So, that's page 1062, John chapter 1, starting at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth.
1: Good morning, everyone. If you are new with us, my name is Bruce Clark, the senior minister, and it's a delight to have you come and join us today for our morning service. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to the end of this very practical and helpful series on Proverbs, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, there's an old saying that they think possibly began in an English school playground setting. See if you can complete it with me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but... Never has a more ridiculous lie been said to kids. I was thinking about this, I guess, saying or, you know, family proverb and just how ridiculous it is. Um, The rhyme historically has been used or was used as a defense uh, for kids against name calling, verbal bullying And with good intention, it was intended to increase resiliency, avoid physical retaliation and help kids to remain calm and indifferent. And they are all great things to do. But when you think about it, do the words that we utter really not impact us all that much? Such that we can shrug it off with this sense of youthful indifference. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I don't think so. I think I can confidently say to us all this morning, words are powerful and what we say absolutely matters. Our lived experience of life is that words spoken to us have the capacity to deeply impact us for both good or for bad. They can lift us up and leave us feeling excited, valued, trusted, loved. But at the same time, we also know that you can receive or be given a hurtful or untrue word and it can crush you, it can leave you in a state of anxiety or one of despair. I've called today's message Wise Words and as I start what is the last message in the wonderful book of Proverbs that we've been going through, I do want to ask the question, why are words so significant? Because that nursery rhyme was saying, they're just words, don't let them impact you. But we all know the reality is, they do. Why do words have such power to both lift us up and to pull us down? Now, to help us think about this, I don't want to start at Proverbs, I'm going to go back to the very first three verses of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. And I want to read to you, and I want you to think about what is said here at the very beginning of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And so that is the context for what happens next in verse 3. And God said, let there be light and there was light. Now, there's a number of things I want to just help us to observe from the way the world was created and the way creation began. And the first is this, creation was not a product of God thinking. For those familiar with the ancient Greek philosophers such as Plato and Aristotle, verse 3 does not say, and God thought, let there be light and there was light. He said, no, God said. God is not Aristotle's divine nous, the perfect actuality of thought thinking after itself no God spoke and the word and the word went out and the world came into existence and what we see all through the scriptures is this God's words bring life and flourishing he speaks and things happen and this is why God's word the scriptures that we read and study every week and we encourage people to read every day are so central for our life together they are full of the spirit and life But secondly, the difference between thoughts and words is this. Thoughts are private communications that we have with ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with it. We all think about all sorts of stuff. But in contrast, words are public expressions. They're public communication. And when it says God said, he actually was speaking out loud and bringing creation into existence. And this necessarily implies through the public nature of words being communicated, community and relationship. This is how the world was made, it's how creation was made. God spoke it into existence so that at the very heart of our reality is community and relationship. Let me put it another way. Speaking is inherently social, thinking is inherently private. And this is why our words matter and it's why they're so significant, they reflect and display this profound reality that we are made for community and relationship and the way we conduct this is through our words. So if you want to flourish well in life, pay attention to your words, that's what Proverbs is saying to us today, How you use your words will have a major bearing on how well you live and whether you flourish. That's the importance of our words. So there should be no surprise when I tell you that I think the biggest issue in the entire book of Proverbs is actually our words, our speech. There are so many references. Now, when I wrote this sermon, um, I had a look and I had 10 different things I wanted to say to you, but I was going to take 45 minutes. I'm down to six, okay? (laughs) Don't ask me about the other four, they're in the bin. (laughs) There is so much, just the first reading we had, Proverbs chapter 12, 13 to 23, you probably didn't do the maths on it, I did. There's 11 specific references to how we use our tongue in those 11 verses, it is astounding. And that's why I had it read. Words are not just words. Words are actually a part of us. Uh, Words are not just a part of us, words communicate for us. And words are how we express who we are and how we conduct relationship in the word. With a word, you can paint pictures. And when you hear beautiful wordsmiths write or speak, they can take you to another world. Uh, With words, you can share and express emotions they're that powerful you can move people to tears of joy or sadness with words you establish relationships through making promises for all of us married so few yet so powerful were the vows that we expressed on our wedding days with words you build friendships with words you move people to action And if you read my weekly email i recounted some of the famous words that have been uttered in history but they can also be very destructive and sadly i'm sure we're all aware of words that are judgmental and that have crushed us words that we have received or spoken in anger that have either hurt us or hurt others words that were actually lies And deceived people. In that first reading, at the center of it, you've got this proverb, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And I thought that's a good verse to build a sermon outline on. Reckless words and wise words. And so that's what we're going to look at, reckless words that harm people and wise words that bring healing to people. I've got four positive things to say and two warnings. I want to start with the positive. positive, four thoughts about wise words from Proverbs. And I've got four things, truthful words, timely words, measured words and gracious words are what I want to encourage all of us to have as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they will be words that reflect our relationship with Him. Firstly, truthful words. I'm going to start with the most basic of wisdom when it comes to our words. And if I can just say it fairly bluntly, please tell the truth. It's so important that we are known by how we reflect the truth in our relationships through our speech. In simple terms, we are to tell the truth and not lies. Here's one of the many proverbs, and there are many on speaking the truth in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 8: seven to nine: "My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. none of them is crooked or perverse. One of the marks of the wise person, and if I can add this, a Christian person, is their honesty." And let me say, this is not an easy thing to do, because when we are under pressure, it can be very costly, particularly in business settings. And relational settings to consistently tell the truth there will always be a great temptation under pressure to be deceptive about the truth to only share part of the truth to omit the truth to avoid the truth and what we're called to do is to reflect our God who is the truth in our speech and our words and what we have to avoid is lying and it's worth remembering the Lord Jesus' words, Satan is the father of lies. That is how Jesus describes him in John's Gospel. And so to follow that lead is to be led astray by the devil. And so even when it's difficult, we must honour God in our speech by always telling the truth, even when it's costly. Let me encourage you about why we should do that. Let me just read to you from Proverbs twelve nineteen: Truthful lips will endure forever but a lying tongue lasts only a moment and this is the promise of God to us your life will be better off even if it's costly in the moment if you actually tell the truth because a lying tongue lasts only for a moment and the reality of life is that typically at some point if we are telling lies it will find us out but secondly Proverbs 12 22, also from the reading, the Lord detests lying lips, but He delights in people who are trustworthy. That's Proverbs 12, 22. And so lying is better, sorry, not lying is better off for you, (laughs) telling the truth is better off for you, but also it will bring God's blessing on you. The Lord detests lying lips, He delights in people who are trustworthy, and your trustworthiness is seen in your truthfulness. And so if you want to live under God's blessing, which I take it we do, then we need to tell the truth. Even if it's costly, because in the end, it will earn you God's favour. Secondly, timely words. We are to speak truthful words, we're also to speak timely words. Proverbs 12, 25, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. And then Proverbs 15, verse 23, a person finds joy in giving an apt reply and how good is a timely word? There's something profoundly helpful and good about the person who is in tune with others to the extent that they can offer a timely word. One of the observations I make is that one of the problems in life is that we are so focused on ourselves And our problems and i count me in that that we will speak without listening and we will engage without thinking and the wise person actually listens to others and then thinks about the other person's needs before they respond they are other person centered which is the nature of our god and it's the nature of the gospel a god who comes to us And cares for us and it's seen in relationships at the most basic level of listening to others so that we can care for them and in relationships when that happens properly it gives us opportunity to speak a word in season a timely word to minister to that person and the situation they're in it may be a word to build them up it may be a word to challenge them or warn them in Christ but we will speak timely words to others as we listen and understand them and seek to build them up in Christ and help them get through life. Let me tell you a story from my own experience. During the end of the worst of the COVID pandemic in 2021, we had gone through, I think, three months of the Delta lockdown. And I've shared previously about the impact that had on my mental health, particularly in July as we first went into it. It was a very tough season and I've got two drawers, two offices, I've got one at home which I work and I've got one down here at the office and I've got a drawer which I keep uh, the lovely letters that people have written to me or cards and someone said to me, never throw them out and if you're having a down day just get them out and remind yourself that actually people care and I got them out this week And what struck me was I didn't get one, I didn't get two, I got three cards or letters at the end of what was a very tough season leading the church year as we went through the Delta lockdown. I got a lovely card from my former lecturer and chaplain, Dr David Peterson, who was here for a season, to say thank you. The wardens wrote, Uh, Tim Evans organised this on behalf of the Wardens and the Parish Council, a lovely letter to thank me and to thank all the staff. And at the end of it all, I got just a delightful letter from John Jones. Now, some of you may know John. Uh, He was 80 when I came here. Uh, He was on staff, still serving. He's a retired Anglican minister. He is still going strong in the Lord. I think he's 93. He was here this morning at um, church and he wrote to me. And he said, it's clearly apparent that you and your team have worked very hard to hold St. Matthew's community together. And to keep the various congregations and groups functioning and growing in grace and the knowledge and love of Christ. Thank the Lord that under his gracious hand, you have succeeded. I won't read all the other material he wrote and what the others said, but it was a timely word. As we came through what was a very difficult period and that's the nature of a word in season it speaks to your heart and it ministers to your soul and it's how we keep going so often and that's why our words are so powerful in the context of Christian community it is the vehicle that God so often uses To keep us on track and to keep us going in serving the Lord wise words are truthful and they're timely but thirdly they're measured now I'm not quite sure the best way to say this so I will put it simply and I include myself in what I'm about to say some of us on occasions just say too much We too often speak without thinking, and we too often don't listen well. Rather than thinking about what is being said to us, we're thinking about what we want to say. And if that is you, have a listen to these Proverbs. 10.19, sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. It's a good word for preachers who get themselves in a hole up here and keep digging deeper and deeper. (laughs) It's very easy to do. Proverbs 21, 23. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. People who are wise are measured in what they say and they won't say too much. One of the eight o'clockers, bless her heart, came up to me and said, yes, isn't that why God gave us two ears and one mouth? I love what the French philosopher Voltaire said, the secret of being boring is to say everything (laughs) and you just don't need to do it. So hear the Proverbs and what they say to us, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Well, those who have ears to hear and need to hear that, may you hear that word. But lastly, we don't just need truthful words and timely and measured words, we also need gracious words and I think this is so important. Proverbs 16, 21, the wise in heart are called discerning and gracious words promote instruction. If I were to ask you and you were to be honest, what is the tenor or sound Of your words, would you say they are sweet? Would you say they are gentle? Would you say they are gracious? Do your words bring healing to people's lives? Proverbs 16 24 says this, gracious words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Now I love a violet crumble, they are delicious to eat they are sweet and that's what gracious words are they are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones what the word of God is saying to us here is we actually need to avoid a harshness in our words and the way we speak to others and what we need to imbibe is a gracious gentle nature to how we address and dialogue such that our words bring healing to other people's lives one area of speech that i have had to grapple with is that of cynicism and sarcasm as i was preparing this talk i god reminded me of a car trip i had many years ago back in the early 80s it was before i was a christian before I met my lovely wife, Kath, and I was in the car with a girlfriend and I was sounding off about something and she stopped me and asked me this question as we're driving. And she said, why are you always so cynical? Do you know that's how you often come across? And let me say, I had never realized that. And it was one of those moments where you had to just stop and think, and there was just silence in the car after that. But she was right. But I'd never thought of myself that way. But that's how she experienced my words cynical. And it wasn't a positive experience. And to be cynical implies having a sneering disbelief in a person's sincerity or integrity. And it leads you to having a pessimistic, gloomy, distrustful view of life. And they're not words that are gracious, when cynicism marks us out. And closely followed behind cynicism is sarcasm. Sarcasm is the use of words to clearly mean the opposite of what you're saying. And the problem with sarcasm is that it's normally done to hurt someone's feelings or to criticize someone or something under the veil of humor. sarcasm is typically cutting and the exact opposite of being gracious. As has been famously said, it is the lowest form of wit. And over the years, as I became aware of this, I've personally tried to eliminate it completely from my speaking. Because cynicism and sarcasm doesn't think well of people or build them up in any way. And one of the pastoral tips I was given by a staff member I worked with who is older than me, a pastoral care wizard called Lee Roberts, he said, Bruce, you need to learn to think well of people. Don't judge their hearts because you don't know what is in them. Be gracious in your speech. And it was a very helpful word I've never forgotten. And as people who know the Lord Jesus, one of the things that should absolutely mark us out. Is a graciousness in how we conduct our relationships a generosity of speech towards others a gentleness in manner a thankfulness for all the people do for us and we should do it because of what this verse says gracious words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones So can i encourage you to use your words to speak the truth but as you do it may they be timely may they be measured and importantly may they be gracious reflecting the grace of our lord jesus christ who loved us and died for us and who has showered us in his grace well they're the wise words let's have a think about reckless words And I've just got two, there were numbers of things I could highlight, but I've just got two which I think are significant. But reckless words are dangerous words, they are spoken rashly or harshly and they can devastate like the slashing of a sword. One minister once said, be careful what you say because you can say something hurtful in 10 seconds and 10 years later the wounds can still be there. Another reflection I had in preparing this is I think most of the issues and mistakes I've made in my ministry relate to reckless words and if you've been on the end of it my apologies to you reckless words can destroy reputations they can harm the human spirit they can break people and all because we have been inconsidered in the way we speak proverbs eleven nine 9 on the screen with their words the godless destroy their neighbors but through their knowledge the righteous escape it is stunning that with mere words you can destroy people we don't have to think too long to know that is absolutely true and there's two forms of words i want to highlight first is gossip Proverbs 18.8 says this, the words of the gospel are like choice morsels, they go down to the innermost parts. Now people who know me know I love cooking and I'm much more a savoury entree guy than a dessert bar, I can skip the dessert bar and I can have tappers all day long and one of my favourites as many will know is to have some fresh caught kingfish sashimi with some wasabi, pickled ginger and soy. What a tasty morsel that is. (laughs) I love it. And what struck me about this verse, the words of a gossip are like a tasty kingfish sashimi entree. (laughs) Why is that? Why do we love to hear it? I think what this proverb shows is there's an attractiveness to listening to gossip. Gossip. And I think it's because even though we know we shouldn't, we feel on the inside knowing something that other people don't know. Sadly, it's often bad news or significant news that others would prefer was kept confidential. But in our sinfulness, we go, oh, we rationalize it, we're just sharing prayer points. That's one great one that Christians do. And people share gossip for all sorts of reasons and it can be well-meaning out of a concern for others, often it's because though we like to be able to show to others that we're in the know and actually we're in the center of the community. But listen to this, the problem of gossip is seen in these next two proverbs I'm going to read to you. Proverbs 16, 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. One of the realities of gossip is people often will do it because they don't actually want to address the problems that are in the community and in their relationships and so rather than going and speaking directly to the person who is affected and that they're out of relationship with they will go and share it with someone else and dump on them and it's just gossip and when that happens repeatedly what you end up with in church is a toxic community where trust is eroded and where people don't deal directly with the issues that come up. And in any community, there's going to be issues because of the nature of who we are. What we need to do is not go and talk to someone else about it. We actually need to go to the person themselves. And with a truthfulness and a timeliness and a measuredness and a graciousness, work things out. What we shouldn't do is go to others and start gossiping a perverse person stirs up conflict and as gossip separates close friends it's absolutely the reality proverbs 20 verse 9 a gossip betrays a confidence so avoid anyone who talks too much that's the wisdom for those on the outside and as proverbs 26:20 20 says without wood a fire goes out without gossip a quarrel dies down and that's the reality when we go and address people directly the issues get dealt with when we go and talk to others it's just more fuel on the fire the last one i want to look at is angry words anger is a significant problem for many people in our world and the percentages say it will be an absolute issue for many of us here across this weekend i don't say it in any sense of judgment I've had to struggle with my own issues there proverbs 27 4 says anger is cruel a cruel and fury overwhelming but who can stand before jealousy and i was doing some reading about anger it is a significant pastoral issue for people in general and i would say it comes for all sorts of reasons it can become because of weak boundaries we don't know how to say no to people and it can lead us to being frustrated and angry it can be physically because of lack of sleep Uh, that can cause people to get angry, it can be for anxiety and worry, which can lead to anger, it can be the sense of feeling invisible and not loved, which can lead to anger, it can be because of depression, Uh, that can cause anger, it can be because of control issues, that we have to be in control, and when we're not, anger outbursts flow. And there's many other reasons And all I want to say today is that if that is you who suffers with anger issues, please get help and please get some counselling. How do you know if you've got anger issues? Listen to how people react to you. And if people pull back because of the strength of your words, it might be because of anger. If people say to you, Gee, you're harsh and angry. Don't dismiss it. We typically are not good at being self-aware when we struggle with anger. And it's often those who are closest to us who will feel it. And if they say to you, Gee, you're angry. Listen to that and take it to heart and think about what are you going to do To bring change because this is the significance of words wise words bring blessing and healing but reckless words destroy and crush let me finish by reflecting briefly on the living word as you get to the end of proverbs it says these words every word of God is flawless he is a shield to those who take refuge in him do not add to his words or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar the word of God is flawless and what we need to do if we are to be people who are wise with their words is have the living word of God at work in our hearts and minds. it is flawless and it's a shield to take refuge in and I love the words that we had read in our second reading It was a reminder to us that the Word has actually become flesh and we know Him, the Lord Jesus Christ, and He is the one we are to be living in. And the thing that I love about this verse is that He is the Word who became flesh, but it's also the way the verse ends. Who came from the Father full of grace and truth and we need to be walking closely with the Lord Jesus Christ so that His grace and His truth is at work in our lives so that it permeates out in all of our relationships and in all of our words and may we be people who bear witness to his love and grace and truth in all that we do and importantly in all that we say let's pray i'm going to give us a moment just to be quiet and if there's things that i've mentioned today that you need to bring before the lord in prayer i encourage you to do that as we think about wise words that are truthful that are timely that are measured that are gracious and reckless words that are gossip or angry let's have a moment to pray and be quiet Father, thank you for the way you have made the world, the way you have made us, that speech and voices and words are so significant because they build friendships, they enable community, they help us to know you and to walk with you Fill us with your grace and your truth from the Lord Jesus so that our words would be truthful, they'd be timely, they'd be measured, they'd be gracious. And may we have the strength and the wisdom to avoid gossip and to be free of anger so that all we say brings healing and hope, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.